Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we are previewing the LSU versus Vanderbilt Commodores game that is taking place early start time as they are kicking off at 11 a.m. Game is on the SEC Network, and as always, you can catch it on uh, the flagship Eagle 98.1. Today, we're joined by uh, a couple of special guests. As always, Josh Lemoyne will be joining us in a little bit. But first off, uh, Greg Arias is going to be joining us. Greg is uh, a media member over in Nashville. He covers Vanderbilt uh, for SI. So. Without further ado, let's get into the interview with Greg. would like to welcome our guest. He covers the Vanderbilt Commodores for Sports Illustrated, Greg Arias. Greg, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm well, guys. How are you? Doing good. Hey, look, we're looking forward to this trip to Nashville. Uh, LSU hasn't been up there in a while. Before we get into the game itself, I kind of want to ask this question because the schedule has been a topic, I know, with Nick Saban. We've been talking about it in Baton Rouge. Uh, because we have, uh, you know, a, a, the same opponent every year in Florida. And in Baton Rouge, we've kind of been wanting to maybe see an expanded SEC schedule or maybe not have that fixated uh, opponent in the East. Because I think a trip to Nashville is something Tiger fans would like to see more often or, or have Vanderbilt come to Baton Rouge. Is that something you think Vanderbilt is in favor of as well? Well, you know, uh, Coach Mason has spoke on that a couple of times. I think he's in the camp of – would like to have that happen. I don't know if he wants to come to Baton Rouge too many times, though. You guys are not very hospitable to Vanderbilt over the years down there and probably won't be here on Saturday, but that has nothing to do with the the area. It's just the the team that you guys are going to bring. But, yeah, I think that's something the SEC certainly needs to get into and change that up because, you know, it, it does get old seeing the same teams and having teams like Vanderbilt and LSU and then last weekend Alabama and South Carolina Uh, on the other side of things, that don't play very often. It would be nice if you could work out a way to do that. Now, I'm not in favor of playing strictly just a conference schedule where you play, you know, 12 of the the 13 possible opponents in the league, and and that's all you have. I like having uh, the games like Auburn and Oregon earlier on this season and, uh, you know, other games that have been played. But I certainly think that's something the conference needs to address. But Coach Mason, I think, would be on board with that if the SEC decided to move away from the traditional locked-in opponent on the other side. Well, we've seen Coach Mason, a defensive guy, have a defense that struggled this year where he's had an offense that's been performing better than his defense. Do you think that with the two weeks off that we can see a new game plan from Mason for this game? I don't know how much of a new game plan we will see. You can't really invent the reinvent the wheel, as it were, in two weeks. Uh, and you're going against a far superior talent athletically, at least uh, from a depth standpoint. You may be able to take a few of the Vanderbilt guys. I think Pinkney probably, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, maybe Kalija Lipscomb could step in at LSU and certainly get some playing time, maybe a few others. Uh, but it's just a more talented team they're going to face this weekend. So I think you kind of have to stay with what you can do. Obviously, the biggest issue for Vanderbilt is getting that offensive line right and correcting the 
what they call dumb mistakes, offside penalties, you know, guys in the Purdue game lining up offsides on defense. That's unforced errors. It's uncharacteristic of Vanderbilt, who usually has, you know, a bunch of pretty smart kids that know how to do these particular parts of the game, and they haven't been doing them so far. So I think that's been the focus, uh, redirecting towards more discipline going into this week against LSU here. Well, looking at this Vanderbilt offense, uh, they're averaging 93.5 rushing yards per game and 264.5 yards in the air. Uh, LSU's kind of struggled in terms of giving up passing yards, uh, a defense that I don't think is used to having an offense only on the on the field for two minutes, three minutes before they score. And it seemed to have hurt just kind of their freshness in terms of legs. Can Vanderbilt take advantage of their uh, if LSU struggles in the passing game? Well, that's a great question, and again, it comes back to that offensive line because I've got a feeling that LSU will try to come after Riley Neal in this contest, and he struggled in the face of pressure uh, through the first two games, of course, against Georgia and then at uh, Purdue two weeks ago. So uh, if he can stand up and the offensive line can stand up and give him time to throw the football in those situations, obviously with Pinkney, who a lot of people project as an NFL potential first-rounder, uh, and then Lipscomb that I mentioned, who's a New Orleans native, uh, those guys can do some things if they can get the ball into their hands. But I think that's the question mark is can the offensive line hold up to the LSU uh, front seven and what pass rush they'll see on Saturday to be able to even get the ball downfield to those guys? Well, when we look at special teams, some of these SEC games come down to that. Taking a look at Vanderbilt special teams, is that – uh, something y'all are comfortable right now with y'all's kicking game? Uh, yes, I, I think they're comfortable with it. It could always be better. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's obviously anywhere near probably the best kicking game uh, in the conference at this point in time, but it's been okay. They, they've done a decent enough job that it hasn't hurt them through the first two games uh, to any significance. So I think they'll be uh, okay there. Again, it's just the offensive line, I think, and then the stupid penalties that they've been getting, certainly defensively, that are the two things that they want to clear up most. You know, when, when we walked away from the Georgia game after the second half and they only allowed the Bulldogs nine points, you felt pretty good about where this team was. Yes, it was Georgia. They're probably going to lose this game going in. Nobody really had an expectation that they would win, but you felt good. After Purdue, I don't think there was a good feeling anywhere, so it's kind of an unknown for us as we come into Saturday to see what they'll do after this two-week break. Well, Vanderbilt going to a bowl game last year had high hopes going into the season with a difficult schedule. A bowl is still something that's attainable for this team, right? Oh, absolutely. You go past these Uh, opening three games, and really in particular two of the three, certainly Purdue was a game everybody felt like going into that Vanderbilt could win. Uh, They played well enough in stretches. They had some opportunities that got away from them late. But you've still got, obviously, Tennessee that's uh, struggling. You've got East Tennessee, the eight on the schedule. You've got Missouri. So you've got the ability to get to your six wins. You've just got to – Really, for me, as a media member looking at this game against LSU, I think come out and perform well. Now, if you get a victory and steal one, which I don't think Vanderbilt will do, but if you were to steal a victory in this game, that's all well and good and great, and obviously it's a, it's a big win for the program and a lot of things uh, from a momentum standpoint. But I think you want to come out of this game with two things. One, healthy, and two, having played well. 
so that when you leave the game, yes, maybe you didn't win the game, but you played well enough that when you look at the rest of the schedule and say, okay, if we can compete with Georgia, if we can compete with LSU, we can certainly go out and win these other games on our schedule now because we've gotten the two toughest teams that we'll face, which maybe throw Florida in there as another one of those, uh, and that game certainly in the swamp. But you'll have those two guys out of the way, and I think you want to have a good feeling going to the rest of the season about where you are after the first three games. Well, if Vanderbilt is able to pull off a victory against LSU on Saturday morning, uh, what has to happen, and what would be an intangible for that to happen in your eyes? Well, obviously, you've got to win the, the two big things that uh, that you can win besides just on the scoreboard, and that's uh, penalties, not having the dumb penalties. And let LSU perhaps create some penalties, cause some things that hurt themselves, and win the turnover battle. If you don't turn the football over and you can get two or three out of LSU, then I think certainly you have a chance. Uh, and the last thing I would say would be limit the big plays on offense. Make LSU earn what they get and not give these guys the opportunity, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, to, to score in a minute and a half or two minutes, uh, you know, real quick and put you in a hole because Vandy doesn't have the firepower to keep up with that. So I think if you can do those three things, then, yes, you could have an opportunity to maybe get a win in this game if you're Vanderbilt, but that's a tall order against a really good, talented bunch. Well, in that Georgia game, Georgia fans really showed out to Nashville for the game. Do, do you expect a similar uh, atmosphere in terms of the road team having a, a lot of fans in there this weekend? You know, that's a good question. I, I, if I had to say today, no, I don't think so. But and it's not a, it's not a knock against LSU fans. They're passionate. I know they travel well. But Athens is only about four hours from here. It's not a bad drive. Uh, Baton Rouge is a little bit further of a trip. So I don't know that we will see as many people come up as, as there were from Georgia and then uh, Alabama a few years ago when they came in and took over the place. And, of course, Tennessee every other year because there's so many people here in the state. Uh, it's possible. I may be surprised, but I'm not expecting as many simply because of the distance and a lot of people maybe not being able to drive that in a day uh, like you can, you know, Athens and back. Yeah, definitely going to have to leave a Friday night if you want to make that 11 a.m. kickoff. I do know that of some LSU fans going, so guys that are going to the Nashville this weekend, what are some places that you recommend uh, not only to get the famous hot chicken but a couple other places in Nashville? Well, anything down on Broadway, that's really the club area, and it's just right down the, the street. Uh, from Vanderbilt, you go down West End Avenue there, runs into Broadway, takes you right downtown. That's where all the honky-tonk uh, and clubs and restaurants and things. Hattie B's Hot Chicken, you mentioned that. There's one right off of uh, 17th, which is not far from Vanderbilt. Uh, and there's just there's really all kinds of food places all around. It really just depends on what people are looking for uh, as to what you can find. But everything is, is in that downtown area there. Uh, that people would want to see. The Country Music Hall of Fame is there if you're a fan of that. The Ryman Auditorium is right down off of Broadway. Uh, the only thing that might be out of the downtown area that might interest people is the Opryland Hotel and the new water park that they have out there, which is off of Briley Parkway. Uh, but if you're flying in or if you drive, obviously you can do MapQuest or get an Uber or something to get you out to that if that's something you wanted to do. But uh, Nashville really much, pretty much is, is everything is right in the downtown area that I think fans would want to do 
uh, after the ball game on Saturday afternoon and evening if they're coming into town. Great. Most important question for you. Will the whistler be there this weekend? Oh, absolutely. Now, I don't know that you'll be able <laughs> to hear him, but he'll be there. <laughs> Those guys are, are the true definition when you talk about fans, which is obviously short for fanatics. Uh, they are certainly mm-hmm. that, but uh, you don't really hear as much about them in football as you do, obviously, in baseball when it's, uh, you know, more silent. A football crowd obviously cheers a lot more than a, than a baseball crowd. Uh, so you might not be able to hear them, but they'll be there. Well, Greg, how do you see this matchup going this weekend? Honestly, too much LSU. Uh, the Tigers have a bunch of guys, and I just put an article up on on the site a few minutes ago. I spoke with Kalijah Lipscomb, uh, the Vanderbilt receiver this morning at the media availability here. He's a New Orleans native, and uh, ask him about you know what we what he could expect offensively, and he he mentioned the amount of. Uh, guys on the LSU roster that are likely to play in the NFL. And I think you've got just too much talent on one side. If if Vanderbilt can keep it close, they have a chance. But, I, excuse me, I just think it's uh, probably too much LSU all the way around on both sides of the football and athletically for Vanderbilt uh, to have a chance. I'm, I'm hopeful that there's no injuries and they keep it close and, and come out of this thing respectable and, and gain a little momentum and maybe in confidence from that. But, I don't see them being able to do anything on the scoreboard to win this football game at this point. Well, y'all make sure y'all give Greg a follow on Twitter at Greg Area Sports. Greg, you have anything else coming out this week uh, in terms of previewing this matchup? I've got a couple things that will come out on Friday, obviously. I don't do a lot of things on Saturday, especially with an early start because people are getting up and going to the game. They don't have time to sit and read. So uh, there will be some things coming up on Friday. Uh, things I want to see, thoughts on the game, that kind of thing. And uh, hopefully the people down there in in Baton Rouge and Louisiana that hear this podcast or anywhere else for that matter, uh, check it out. And if you see me around Nashville on Saturday, if you're here, say hi. Well, Greg, we appreciate you giving us some of your time, and we look forward to uh, coming up to Nashville and trying some of that hot chicken this weekend. Absolutely, guys. Look forward to meeting you when you get here. Once again, want to thank Greg. Y'all make sure y'all give him a follow on Twitter at Greg Arias Sports. That's A-R-I-A-S. Uh, and check out what he's putting out on SI.com. He had a, um, a story put out today talking to Lipscomb, a guy from New Orleans, just talking about the, you know, the talent that these two teams have and, and the talent advantage LSU has coming into this game. And he'll also have some more stuff coming out uh, today and tomorrow on the game. But make sure y'all check that out as Greg is a really good writer over there in Nashville. But let's get to the LSU side of things. We'd like to bring in Josh Samoyne. Y'all can find him on Twitter at LSU Football Truth. Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How we doing, Charles? Doing well. Can't complain except for that uh, cane co- three-finger combo I had today where the chicken <laughs> finger was about the size of my pinky. What? $8 for something that, you know, that size. I tweeted at Canes, too, so hopefully I get a little tweet back. <laughs> oh, like, man. Come on, man. You know? It ain't no, it ain't no Popeye's chicken sandwich, then, huh? No, it's not a, one. It's not a, it's not a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And more importantly, <laughs> I went to the one by campus, which yeah. ain't supposed to be affordable for college students. You're charging eight dollars for a meal that doesn't even fill you up. So <laughs> I just don't get it. But Josh, just want to you know talk about some of the stuff Greg talked about. I, I think you know going into this matchup, it, it's an SEC matchup, right? But there's an obvious talent gap between the two teams here. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. You know, that that's 
that scene, if anybody you follow, you know, these teams closely or on the recruiting side of things, that's definitely a talent gap. You know, Charles, with that being said, that you know, to, to get into Vanderbilt, it's kind of like an Ivy League school. A lot of people look at it like that. So, you know, that's understandable for somebody to be able to be, you know, that educated and be able to get into that school and be, be an athlete. At times, it can be tough to find recruits to actually play there that equal up to a school like LSU and Alabama or Georgia. Well, looking at Vanderbilt, that first game, you know, they only they held Georgia to nine points in the first half. Uh, yep. Georgia fans pretty much took the stadium over. Like Greg doesn't expect a lot of LSU fans, but on the contrary, I know it's a six and a half hour drive. I think seven hours, something like that, from a. Uh, from southeast Louisiana, I mm-hmm. think there could be a lot of LSU fans. But, you know, Vanderbilt was doing a lot of things right in that first half against Georgia, and, and I expected a better game against Purdue. We just didn't see it. I said, right. you know, two weeks off, kind of wonder what we're going to see from this Vanderbilt defense. Uh, one that I that is, you know, 10th from the bottom, I think, in terms of uh, passing defense. They actually rank right now, um, let's see, 126 in total defense and is tied for 115th in scoring defense. They're 126 out of 130 schools in, uh, in passing defense, allowing 332.5 yards per game. So I expect Burrow to pass the ball a ton. You know, Georgia won 30 to 6. They didn't have a ton of passing yards, but they ran for over 300. So right. I, it seems like LSU is going to be having a field day throwing the ball in this matchup. Yeah, I got an opportunity today, Charles, to watch uh, both games for Vanderbilt. Yeah, one thing that stuck out to me in that Georgia game is the just the elite speed that Georgia had compared compared to Vandy. It showed, and it showed pretty quick. Um, once Georgia was able to get on the edges there, they used some of that spread attack like we see from LSU, running the guy, running that wheel route, those running backs out the backfield. And, you know, Georgia went ahead, and I, they, they learned pretty quick, Charles, that, okay, we're more athletic, we have more speed. Um, and they use it, and it was bl- it was glaringly obvious there early on. So I see, I expect LSU to obviously watch that film and take advantage of, of those opportunities, um, and especially in Purdue. I, I got to watch that today, and I was just surprised to see Charles that uh, Purdue threw it all over the yard, five touchdowns, and you know, I mean, a, a Purdue team that you're not used to seeing throw for five hundred something yards like that. So LSU, you know, should be able to keep that offense rolling this week against Vandy. Vanderbilt giving up 36 points a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, LSU comes in as, I think, a 23-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, a game where, you know, I, I think LSU can cover, but at the same time, I think LSU may struggle to cover in this matchup because, Josh, something we've been talking about the past two weeks, LSU struggled uh, defending the pass, and, and Vanderbilt's got a couple of guys that are, mm-hmm. you know, NFL talented or NFL-level pass catchers on their offense. Yeah, look, uh, I was going to say that. I'm glad you brought it up, that if there's any area that, you know, where we got to take a look at LSU's weakness early on, Charles, like you said, is is out in the secondary. We've given up, you know, quite a bit of yards. And after watching both of those games, Vandy likes to throw it around. You know, they'll get out there and throw it around with you. So LSU is going to get tested. They're going to get tested. Vanderbilt had two weeks to prepare. They watched the same film. They've seen everything that we've seen about LSU. So I expect them to come out and force those guys in the secondary to stop them and, and make plays. And like you said, um, it could be another one of them starts. Yeah, early, you know, 11 a.m. kickoff. That's early for this LSU team. We're not used to it. So I wouldn't be surprised if LSU early on that first quarter, it, you know, has to kind of fine tune a few things uh, as they go into halftime. 
Yeah, you kind of would hope to see LSU's passing defense, you know, take an uptick in this game. Uh, we saw uh, Galevion Chason practice mm-hmm. today. Um, we see that you have Divinity playing on the outside, trying to create more pass rushes. You're going into a game with no Glenn Logan, no Rashard Lawrence, and a possibility of, of no, you know, um, Tyler Shelvin as he didn't practice yesterday. You know, this team could come into it with three or four guys in that defensive line not playing in this game. Yeah, no, we're going to – I think this is going to be a, a great opportunity, Charles. We spoke about it just uh, a lot in the last few weeks that, okay, here's your time, Coach Aranda. You know, you're the highest-paid defensive coordinator, coordinator in America. This is kind of one of them games. You got to kind of let's see what you can do. Let's scheme it up. Um, you're going to be missing a few guys. You got Clavion Chase on practice. But I think uh, Charles has seen a doubtful for this game, if I read that right. So we probably won't end up seeing him on the field. Uh, let's see what these cornerbacks can do. Christian Fulton, Stingley, you know, the All-American safety back there. And let's see, let's see uh, how if LSU can make some adjustments, how they're going to play this week. Really, I want to see them take that next step, Charles. You nailed it. I, I need to see these guys take a next next step. That would show me that, okay, you know, we, they're preparing for conference play, you know, against a Florida or, you know, an Alabama soon. Well, you know, something to look at is a guy like uh, Jared uh, Pinckney. Uh, he's a first-round talent in terms of a tight end uh, mm-hmm. for this upcoming year's draft. He's probably going to be the first tight end taken. And you can't forget about guys like Chris Pierce and, and uh, Elijah Lipscomb as well. You know, it, with Pinckney, I, I think this going to be an opportunity for Vanderbilt to test a guy like Jacoby Stevens uh, who could be filling in for Todd Harris or another one of these other safeties, whether it's an Eric Monroe, whether they put Kerry Vincent back there. You know, I, I think Vanderbilt in this first half, I tweeted it out today, they're going to have some success. I think you see some growing pains from us in that first half on defense. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I mean, to me, this is good. I, I think we're going to really find out who LSU is on defense this week, Charles. And, you know, I think LSU wins the game, but – it's either these guys have cracked down and went to the film room and did some studying and, you know, heard, heard the noise about, you know, Hey, what's going on with the secondary. Um, yeah. I think they either come out and play almost like a lights out type of, or, or on the other end, Charles, like you're saying, we have a, we have a problem. Like these guys, it's going to take them a while to, to find their footing and stuff. They think, you know, so, I think we're going to find a lot out about this defense uh, against Vanderbilt. Look, Vanderbilt don't have the talent as LSU, but they have guys that are capable. Like you said, you go you go down that roster. I remember a lot of these guys in high school. You know, I pay attention to these guys recruiting. They're very capable guys. Well, looking at the Vanderbilt rushing attack, they're really only led by one guy, and that's Kayshawn Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy, he's averaging four point one a carry. Uh, you know, I, I can't really see them having too much running successes. I think our linebackers are, are going to have uh, a pretty good day in, in terms of keeping Vaughn inside, uh, you know, under wraps. But I still expect Vanderbilt to try to run the ball against us. Do you think us not having some of these defensive linemen affects that? Um, it possibly could, yeah. I mean, look, uh, when I'm watching Vaughn, he is um, he's the real deal. What I say is he's an explosive High round pick, no, but he's a he's a senior. He he's got the he's got the the body, the build, you know. And uh, watching him the film on the first two games, like I said, he he's a capable guy, you know what I mean. And I think if LSU doesn't crack down, especially like you mentioned with some of the young guys playing defensive line, he is more than capable 
to, you know, to, to run the rock there. So um, there's a lot of things here. I, a lot of people aren't really intrigued about this game, Charles, uh, but I am intrigued. I think this is one of them games we're going to find out who really, who the heart, what we are on defense for LSU. We should be able to crack down at some point in time and stop Vanderbilt. I just want to see this team, you know, there's a lot of glaring issues on defense we've seen. I really want to see if Coach Aranda can get these guys to play up. Yeah, you see Coach Aranda hasn't wanted to bring in outside pressure on blitz. Mm-hmm. It's hard to create pressure with the four-down lineman, three-down lineman. Um, it's just it hasn't worked so far. And if you're going to have guys with prolonged injuries, I mean, the news about Glenn Logan is he's definitely not going to be available till until at least Florida. You kind of hope that he can come back sooner than that after having a uh, having that ankle injury. But, you know, you, you kind of hope that, you know, maybe this Utah State, you know, we get some guys back. Uh, mm-hmm. In this Vanderbilt game, we can see some pressure from our down linemen. We can see some pressure from our outside linebackers because, you know, if you can't get it done before Florida, it, it's going to be an issue. Look, Florida's not blocking really well, but this is the time in your schedule where you should be thankful that you have these easy games at the beginning with your injuries. But you got to figure it out now, and you have to get healthy because once Florida that Florida game comes, there's no breaks in the schedule until after that Alabama game. Yeah, I mean, and this is a game where also, Charles, we had talked about in the last couple of shows that they're going to have to figure it out. If the package is, you know, if you're going to do the green package or, uh, you know, Coach Aranda is going to bring blitzes, these exotic blitzes, you know, that's what it is. Or do you see, like, Michael Divinity move, to, move back to edge and bring in Damone Clark and play the middle? I think these are the, like you're mentioning, this game, Utah State, this is where we got to figure this stuff out now. You know what I mean? Let's figure it out. Okay, we – we have an issue at LSU. We can't get a pass rush and we have trouble on the back end. Um, and, you know, injuries are going to always be there. So I think we got to find something consistent. Is that bringing Clark into the middle, moving Michael to the, to the edge and kind of being his old self and getting some pressure? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really I'm, – I'm curious to see how Coach Rand is going to scheme this up. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, I think this is an opportunity for – uh, some guys to step up. I mean, look, you know, someone asked me a question about depth, and there is depth on this team. Mm-hmm. It's just it's very young, especially in that defensive backfield. As LSU went out and signed six corners, you lose one in Joseph. You know, mm-hmm. look, Josh, we've mentioned this two weeks in a row. I mean, how big of an opportunity would it have been for Joseph to be there right now? He'd be a starting safety. He would be, I'd yeah. Be right now. I got I got approached by a couple Kentucky uh you know, fans, yeah, I would say more media today asking me about that stuff, Charles. And they just, they couldn't kind of grasp what happened and why he did it because they were like, man, he would be starting right now for LSU. He pretty much was starting anyway, even though if he was a nickel, you know, and I just kind of said, you know, everybody has to make their own decisions. But, man, I just think sometimes these kids jump to the transfer portal and look, Coach O said it in his press conference uh, with Patrick Queen. You know, he wanted to learn how to get better. He, some kids, he said, jump into the transfer portal. I'm not going to, you know, hate on Joseph for his decision. That's him and his family's decision. But I really think that opportunity maybe slipped by him because, look, he would have been on the field starting. He would have been out, out there all season, you know. Yeah, you know, Joseph wasn't a guy that wasn't getting playing time his freshman year. You know, I, I think he saw, you know, playing that cornerback position, which he did last year, and, and was looking at it and saying, oh, look, all these guys are coming in. I'm not going to have an opportunity. But – I mean, I, I think it's pretty evident that he'd be playing significant playing time. Right absolutely. Now. Yeah, he'd absolutely. 
he'd be a huge factor in this defensive backfield. And to be honest, he'd be getting more notoriety than he would at Kentucky. I mean, you know, it, some of that, it, it just blows my mind. But, um, you know, <laughs> LSU kind of has to just roll with what they have right now. Yeah, and that, you know, that's that's flat out the truth, Charles. You know, like we don't, you know, people are going to make their own decisions. And I know the first time he jumped in the transfer portal, his father kind of came out on media and said, no, that ain't happening. He went back on the team. So, you know, I think he's sitting there probably, you know, his father's sitting there kind of going, look, you know, that's part of growing up sometimes. And look, you would have been starting there for LSU after week three. And like you said, the national exposure that LSU gets on TV, especially in DBU, man, I just, it hurts me sometimes for the young guys just, in life there's adversity sometimes man and you just got to kind of kind of deal with it to grow but I think he's going to do fine in Kentucky but you know I just think it was something maybe that slipped by him well we kind of talked about just a little bit of what Vanderbilt can do and how Mm -hmm. we both agree we think that Vanderbilt can have some first half success um look I I think that 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 line on this game is pretty high um and, and a lot of money is coming in on LSU Josh but I wouldn't be surprised for Vanderbilt to cover. Me neither. Charles, look, I said it today on when I did the show uh, on ESPN today that it, it's I, I wouldn't be surprised. And until this defense in the secondary stops somebody and it shows that they can consistently do it, I could see Vandy covering right here. It's an eleven o'clock start. Do we come out flat again? You know, do, do we look like we're we're sleepwalking the first you know quarter, quarter and a half? Then we pick it back up. With that being said, Charles. I do think this is one of them games that if Joe and the offense get rolling and they really, you know, kind of get rolling downhill and they can knock out the knock out the morale of Vandy early, I think it, it could swing real hard the other way too for LSU. I think that's possible as well where LSU just kind of shellacks them um, and just takes the will from them. But uh, I also see Vandy could, could kind of be, be hanging around. Well, you know, I look at it and, and like to your – to your flip side of that point, it's mm-hmm. that, you know, if LSU's scoring quick, Vanderbilt may be scoring quick, and you that's, know? That, yep. If Vanderbilt can do anything in this game, it's keep LSU's offense off the field as much as possible. Yep, that's that's going to be key, Charles, that, uh, you know, I just think LSU's going to have success moving the ball against us. Watching the film, other games, they, you know, they just are going to have success, especially this new spread RPO concept. You watch Georgia run, run it. You watch Purdue, who's throwing all over the yard, and, you, you look at some of the concepts, Charles, that Purdue was using. Uh, they were using some of these spread concepts that LSU, you know, watched that film. So um, I'm, I'm anxious to see if this offense can keep it going, you know, uh, for the fourth week in a row. If Joe can keep his name up in the Heisman talks, it's, I think it's going to be a fun game. Well, let's look more into that defense uh, that Vanderbilt's going to be touting out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of guys to watch for are Deshaun Jenkins, Kenny Abair, and Tate Daly. Uh, they have a couple of good safeties. But when it comes to a Vanderbilt defense led by Derek Mason, you'd expect a defense to be better. Uh, you know, talking to uh, Arias today, he said he doesn't expect much to be changed, even though they had that extra week. This defense isn't what you expect from a Derek Mason defense. So I do think LSU not only has success passing the ball, but Josh, this could be an opportunity for some of these younger guys to get carries on the road in impactful situations. Yep. No, Charles, you're, you know, you're right on. So in that Georgia game, I really want to watch a Georgia game first. Cause I think, you know, Georgia uh, equals up to LSU kind of in that talent, same, same level of talent. So I really want to watch Georgia Vandy first and uh, right out the gate, Charles, I noticed that, that Georgia can just, 
can run the ball at, at will if they wanted. You know, they went into some spread attacks and stuff, but um, just man up, man to man. And you, we know Georgia's got a really good offense line, maybe the best in the country. That uh, they were able to run right at him. You know, so this this could be that that week that we start to see. You know, like you, I, I know your guy Emory from Destrehan. This might be that week we start to really see him explode. Um, and that would be fun. I, I want to see these guys get the ball in their hands a little more. Because, Charles, I think for us to actually truly make a run to, to the college football playoff and the national championship, we're going to need a couple more explosive weapons. We can't – Clyde ain't going to carry us to the national championship. Now, maybe, you know, a, a Emory, a Clyde, and a, a Ty, you know, that I think that could get us there possibly. Yeah, you know, Tommy Robinson's telling Coach O, look, I, I know you want to be, you know, <laughs> yep. hold these guys back and, and take it slow, but – you got to give these guys carries. And, got and to. This is a week where I think you see it. It's a week where I think you see Burrow put up a ton of stats as well. But it's a week where I think Vanderbilt sticks around for a while, which is why Burrow ends up having to play into that second half. Um, hopefully the defense can hold in that first half and not give up a ton of points. If that's the case, then, Josh, this could be a game where Burrow doesn't play the second half at all. But, you know, you talk about the Heisman talk. These are the type of games where the four or five touchdowns really help your case going forward. Yeah, no, look, it's Vandy, but it's still a conference game in the SEC. How many times over the years, Charles, have we seen somebody take Vandy lightly and they, they slip up and lose? Vandy can do it. They got talent. You know, you got you, you better come and play. So, I, I, yeah, I expect Joe to play well into the third quarter. I mean, I could see him playing to the fourth. I just think Vandy's, Vandy has the, the capability of keeping it close enough where, you know, coaches are going to want to keep him in here. But look, four or five touchdowns against Vandy, against, a, you know, a team has quality – quality talent, you know, uh, it, that would look good for Joey, you know, in this Heisman race. On the recruiting side of things, I mean, it benefits LSU to have a guy in the Heisman race, right? I mean, oh, if yeah. you're if you're going into it and saying, look, it's, you know, second and four from the four, should we throw the ball or should we run the ball? I think LSU's going to throw the ball because, <laughs> you know, you have a guy in the Heisman race all year long, a guy that goes to New York and a guy that ultimately wins the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Man, your quarterback recruiting takes a not, you know, a huge step up. Yeah. You know, and coach O mentioned that in this presser this week that, Oh, it's making recruiting on the offensive side of the ball much easier. So, and look, LSU, even I know we're playing Vandy, this is in Tennessee. You know, we do, we do pull some, some quality talent out of Tennessee. Look at Phillips, look at Stevens, Jacoby Stevens. So um, yeah, it, it always helps, helps with recruiting, but especially on the offensive side of the ball, Charles, man, it's, you can you can see it in Coach O's face. He was like a kid in a candy store. Hey, we have an offense. Come on down to LSU. So I know, you know, that's good. You don't have to beg. Well, Josh, looking at this game, uh, you know, I, I think LSU comes close to covering. I ultimately think they do, don't cover. I think Vanderbilt has some success in this game where they score 17 to 20 points. But how do you see this matchup going? Yeah, look, I, I think – it's early on. I think we still might have a, a little bit of that sleepwalking. I think not due to uh, Coach O having the guys ready to go. I think it's a little bit more um, kind of the early start. You know, I think as as teenagers and guys in there, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, sometimes they don't bodies don't wake up all the way. But uh, I think that's kind of going to be the, the slow start. Uh, but I see LSU. I could see LSU again scoring, scoring in the, in the 40s, Charles. Like a 45 to 24 game is kind of kind of how I see it. I do I do think Vandy is going to have a little success, especially passing the ball. We got it, 45-24 LSU. 
Well, Josh, got a couple of questions. Uh, yep. One just kind of asking, is Joe Burrow the best healthy QB in Louisiana? <laughs> uh, Justin Milling could be giving him a run for his money over a two-lane. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that was, was directed more at, is it a pro quarterback, too? Is he better than any pro quarterbacks that are in Louisiana? That's how I, I read that question. <laughs> but <laughs> Justin McMillan, is, uh, he's, had, he's having a, a good year for Tulane. And, you know, sometimes it crosses my mind, Charles. I don't know what your thought on that is. You know, Justin, Justin would fit well in this spread RPO concept offense. He, he would fit that offense well. I think he would, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to take the cerebral uh, fact, uh, or factor into account here because I think that's what Burrow excels in over every other mm-hmm. college quarterback in, in college, football player, uh, college football right now is the mental aspect. I think Joe Burrow is number one. Joe Burrow is the Heisman winner of the, the mental aspect of the game. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. Hey, let's get a little pick from you on, on a big game this week that's not LSU. Tulane and Houston as Houston comes into New Orleans to take on the Green Wave. Look, I liked. I looked at this game today. It's funny you, you're bringing this up to me. I looked at uh, game today a little bit. I, man, you know, I've watched Houston play Tulane. I think Tulane's going to win that game, Charles. I like Tulane. They've played well this year. They went and played Auburn last week. Um, didn't quite play like they, they would want to. But if you watch Tulane, man, they have athletes all over the field. I think they match up well with Houston. And I think Tulane ends up winning that game, something like a 38-28 type ball game. Well, another question asked about, does the spread offense not allow for the running game to be dominant? Uh, is this a trade-off? And, and Josh, this spread offense allows the running game to be even more dominant uh, <laughs> if, if you have the correct guy back there running the ball. And that's why I think, you know, beginning of the season we talked about it. But, you know, I, I think that's why you're going to see a lot of John Emery come SEC play uh, and Ty Davis because – those guys, you know, when it comes to a linebacker meeting you in the hole, those guys can either shift around them or right. run through a linebacker. And with these spread offenses, you have defensive backs so spread out, you have not as many people rushing the passer that you beat one or two guys off the line of scrimmage, it's a 20-yard run consistently. Yeah, look, yeah. look, it's exactly what Sean Payton does with his offense. I just think LSU needs to find their Alvin Kamara, whoever that is. Um, I think Clyde has, has fits kind of fit that Mark Ingram role that uh, the Saints are running. He fits it well. You know what you want to get with him, Charles, right? I mean, you know he's going to hit you in the mouth. He runs hard. Boy, but if they could find that other guy, if John Emery or Ty, Ty Davis-Price is that is the Alvin Kamara of this offense, that's the, that's the last part that we, we got to figure out. And if we can figure that out, I do think LSU has the capability to, you know, to make a, a real run to the national championship. But we got to get that other part. And you can't. It's the same thing with Clyde every week. It's, you know, it's the basic draws. It ain't nothing that, that's going to blow you away. We're going to need somebody that's got that extra gear, like you said, that can shift around you, make that move. We need to find that guy to make this offense really take off. Well, look, LSU is going for their 800 and one victory after getting 800 this past weekend. They look to go 1-0 and in SEC play against a Vanderbilt team that while they are, uh, in terms of talent, not on the same playing field, I think Vanderbilt is talented. I think Vanderbilt, a team that went to the bowl, uh, bowl game last year, has everything in front of them in terms of going to a bowl game again this year. Look, they're 0-3, or 0-2, and, um, and uh, losing to LSU would put them at 0-3. And two of those three teams are top five teams in the country. Uh, and that Purdue team isn't too shabby as well. 
They've right. got an easier schedule going down the stretch with only one other game against a ranked opponent as they will face uh they'll face Florida later on. A team that, you know, Felipe Franks is gone. Uh mm-hmm. are they, you know, as talented of a team looking down the road? Uh I think, you know, the back of quarterback comes in and plays really well against Kentucky winning that game, but we're going to learn a little bit more about Florida this week, and especially that first game in October as they come into Baton Rouge. Um, but, Josh, man, we finally have a good football weekend compared to mm-hmm. last weekend. A uh, little Georgia-Notre Dame game. Uh, we, we see some more matchups, Auburn versus Texas A&M. I think we learned a lot about both of those squads. Yeah, today. I think so. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, it should be. Go ahead, Charles. There uh, you go. Yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, we finally have a, a good week. It's going to be – I think we're really going to start to see, like you said, figure out who some of these teams really are. I'm curious to look at Texas A&M, right? That Clemson game was just a dud. You know, Kellen Mond one week, the school, you know, said, oh, he should be a Heisman candidate. And then the next week after, he just, he's the worst quarterback in the world. I think we're going to kind of – I think he's somewhere in the middle of all that. But I think we're going to really find out who Auburn and Texas A&M are. Because, to me, Nick's that quarterback for Auburn. He's kind of got the job done. He's a true freshman. But he hasn't sold me yet. I need to see more from Nick. I think he's going to have some struggles as we go down a stretch. You know, I took a lot of heat today on doing a show um, about Florida. And so a lot of the Florida fans, Charles, will say, hey, you know, it was it, it was a blessing that Franks got hurt. You know, he's a, this, this guy's a better passer and he's a better sounds quarterback. Like a, sounds like a typical Florida fan. And it was, yes. They, they, I took a couple phone calls today on the ESPN radio. And, uh, you know, look, let me say this first off. I never want anybody to get hurt. I don't care what you think. That, that's – I just – that, that kind of hit me the wrong way. You don't want any, especially young young kid, to get hurt. Um, but to say that this guy is a, a better player than Frank, so better, I I got told the callers today that I need to see that. Yeah, he looked okay. He looked good against Kentucky down the stretch. He came in with some emotion, some energy. Let's see how this kid actually handles LSU defense in his face. Uh, you know, in Baton Rouge. Let's see what happens when he has to play Georgia. You know, these better teams, these better programs then I'll be sold. I'm not sold on this guy yet that he's better than that he's better than Franks. Well, like I said, an interesting mat, uh, weekend in football. Uh, LSU starts SEC play while it is early. Gives you an opportunity to watch some of these other games that are more uh, that are big time matchups with that Georgia North Carolina game and that AM Auburn game too that I'll be watching this weekend. Josh, any other games you will be paying attention to this weekend? Uh, look, uh, I like I like the Notre Dame uh, Georgia matchup. That's the one I'm, I'm, you know, probably out of all the games in Metro. Because I, I truly think, uh, Charles, that Georgia is just that offensive line. The more I watch them, and I got an opportunity to watch them again today with Andy, man, they have a good old line. And if you pay attention to recruiting, we kind of knew this where, where it was coming with the recruiting, how good the offensive line was. Ooh, look, man, they averaged 330 pounds on the line. They got some, you know, NFL talent almost across the board. So, I think Georgia ends up imposing their will, Charles. I think Georgia ends up blowing Notre Dame out. In my, and I think it's going to be one of them 40, like, you know, 42, 45 to 17 games. Should be a fun one to it watch, should. Josh. Uh, it should be another fun weekend of football. Look, on the recruiting front, we're hearing a couple of rumblings. Any news coming out uh, that's noteworthy to talk about? Yeah, I think pay attention to LSU and what they're doing with their offensive tackles. Look, there's, um, there's a couple names out there. Toomerville, uh, we had the recruit come in from Arkansas, the Arkansas commit. Um, so that's really where if you're the recruiting nerd, you got to really, really start fo- following the offensive tackles. I think, you know, when it's all said and done, LSU gets Toomerville uh, to commit. Um, but, you know, they, they, Charles, we've talked about this. They have to finish strong on the offensive line. 
Coach O's done a really good job with this class, but we've kind of slacked on, on the offensive line side of this class. So um, anxious to see how, see how he closes it down here. Yeah, we've seen that offensive tackle position be one that is definitely a need going into next mm-hmm. season. Look, no new news on Ed Ingram. Uh, we see him tweeting things out. Look, all the news we're hearing is good, but nothing's official yet. Uh, seen a couple of people asking, do you think he gets some snaps this game? No, I don't think he gets any snaps. No, no. Maybe, maybe after that bye week in that Utah State, if he gets cleared in the next couple of days or early next week, uh, you could see Ed Ingram get some playing time. But another fun matchup for LSU this weekend as they take on the Vanderbilt Commodores at 11 o'clock on the SEC Network. Make sure you all go follow Josh on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth and check out his website, LSUFBallTruth.com. For Josh Samoyne, for Arius, my name is Charles Reese. You all have a great week, and as always, God bless.